It is uh, 9 April Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. Unacceptable incompetence. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, let's see here. We have uh, some news from Israel. Israel Today, Nobel Prize winner is in favor of Israel's judicial reform. Nobel Prize winner, and he's in favor of it. Uh, Just so you know, I'm not going to talk about the main events that have been happening in Israel because everybody has heard them. They come in, they've asked me questions. Uh, I get sent, uh, you know, email after email of headlines of, you know, the things that are going on. And so I always try to find something that is less well-known because you're watching other reports or you're doing your own Israel studies every week. But this is kind of an interesting angle on the judicial reform. Professor Robert Israel Alman is a mathematician who received the 2005 Nobel Prize in Economics for his work on game theory. In supporting the current government's efforts toward judicial reform, he refers to the judicial revolution implemented by former Justice uh, Chief Justice Barack three decades ago, which greatly expanded the powers of the Supreme Court. The current effort is intended to restore the situation to what it was before Barack's revolution. This is something they don't tell you, is that this is the way it used to be in Israel, and the lefties took over, and they've been trying to continuously uh, do what lefties do, when he greatly expanded powers in many ways. Barack introduced the concept of reasonableness, which states that if the Supreme Court finds a government action or Knesset law unreasonable. Now, this is the Knesset, which is the governing body, right? And they're the ones that are elected by the people and so on. The Supreme Court can say that doesn't matter, basically. It can simply say that it is unreasonable and therefore they reverse it. A group of unelected bureaucrats, basically. Alman noted that Barack once said that the Supreme Court justices are like the sages who wrote in the Talmud. Barack believes they are both legislatures and judges. Indeed, he is right that our Talmudic sages were both legislators and judges. But the thing is, here in Israel, we don't have a theocracy. We don't have the kind of government that existed in Talmudic times. We have a democracy. And in a democracy, it is the elected officials who make the laws and the judges who administer those laws. This is what the left in America does all the time. It's called uh, legislating from the bench. That's right. And this is what they've been doing in Israel. Hence, they do not have the country that they would have had by now if they had not gotten the lefties in power. Everything the left does ruins something good. It's just the way of the world. As protesters warn of a dictatorship, Alman insists that the situation is exactly the opposite. Proponents of judicial reform say, we're done with the judiciary interfering in contentious ideological issues. The Supreme Court is there to judge according to the law. Alman also downplayed claims by senior Treasury officials that the legal reforms will hurt the economy, saying their public predictions of Israel's economic demise, rather than the reform itself, are more likely to provoke public concern that will lead to a downturn in the economy. In the short term, the economy will suffer, but that is not due to judicial reform. It's because people are saying the economy is going to suffer and the economy is very vulnerable. 
when people have to look to the future to decide whether to invest and when economists are predicting a downturn in the economy, people will not invest. It's not because of the reform, it's because of what they hear from economists. They are irresponsible because the prediction will lead to a self-fulfilling prophecy, and it may actually happen. But I think smart investors will wait until they think the economy is bottomed and then they will invest. Then there will be another big boom in Israel's economy because the prophecies are completely unfounded and the economy itself is resilient, which is exactly the way it would be here if the government would stop saying things and stay out of the private uh, workforce we wouldn't have the problems that we do. But the government, because it's run by lefties, will ruin everything. From Breitbart, the military intervenes in Israel and the USA. What happened this week, and this is about seven days ago, maybe eight days ago, but it's an important article, is Israel in Israel is best understood as a partial military coup backed by the U.S. government. The Israeli opposition used protests to shut down the country and used mass military desertion to force the democratically elected government to suspend judicial reforms to make the courts more accountable to the legislature. For all Joe Biden's bluster about democracy, he backed the opposition and the coup attempt. That stance was extraordinary and hypocritical, given that judicial reform is also a hot topic in the United States. Biden himself is considered packing the Supreme Court to counter its conservative majority with liberal justices. In some ways, what the Israeli government is trying to do is what the U.S. did in the Jacksonian era. At about the same stage of American democracy, 75 years in, that Israel has reached today. Back then, a growing, changing society saw demands from the frontier to share in the political power previously monopolized by New England Brahmins and Virginia planners. But in Israel, the elites are not yet willing to compromise. Former left-wing Prime Minister Barak acknowledged that Netanyahu's judicial reforms, which he called regime change, were actually legal and democratic. However, he explained, the Israeli opposition could stage a counter-revolution in the streets. Observers have compared this strategy to the color revolutions in former Soviet republics in recent decades, for example, in the Ukraine. Clearly, Israel's opposition knew it was going outside the rules of the democratic game. Consider the Wall Street Journal headline, Soldiers Forced Netanyahu's Hand. The fact that the soldiers were largely reservists barely softens the blow. It is no use pretending that what happened was democratic. The question is whether it is legitimate. Okay, we got some news concerning Christianity. Last week, I talked about some of the uh, podcasts that were available online and how you could access them. I mentioned a couple of them uh, because we got a new one with Amazon if you want to access it there. Um, But there are two other avenues that you can go to that I didn't mention last week, and uh, one of them is Discern the Bible. Go to YouTube and type in Discern the Bible. And Every single day, she posts um, Bible commentaries. She posts several of them, but uh, right now she's going through the Acts commentary that we do daily and some others. And what she does is she puts music with it or sometimes maybe storms in the background and it scrolls 
So as you read the commentaries, you have something, you can turn off the sound if you want, but she, it's very innovative what she did, and uh, she continues to do it every day. And then we also have the Bible in 10 podcast, which is done by a guy in the UK, and he reads the Acts commentary every single day. So um, it's a really nice way of listening to it because you've got that soft British accent. So those are a couple other avenues, and if you want to access either of them and you can't find them, let me know and I'll send you the link. All right, from Breitbart, Cardinal Confidant to Pope Francis urges relaxing ban on gay sex. This is in the Vatican. Now, this is something that has plagued the Catholic Church since the very beginning. They've got policies where priests cannot get married, uh, but it's never been something that they legalized. It's something that they just do, and they hope that the greater society wouldn't hear about it. This guy wants it out in the open. A key advisor to Pope Francis, Cardinal Hollerich, has called for relaxation of Catholic teaching on gay sex, insisting that the church should not ask impossible things of homosexuals. Earlier this month, Francis named Hollerich to his inner cabinet of advisors, despite the cardinal's open rejection of central elements of Catholic moral teaching. How can you condemn people who cannot love except the same sex? This is exactly the argument that the left in America has been making since Barack Obama. This is the same argument. Love wins and all that kind of stuff has nothing to do with that. For some of them, it is possible to be chaste, but calling others to chastity seems like speaking Egyptian to them. We can only charge people with moral conduct they can bear in their world. If we ask impossible things of them, we will put them off. If we say everything they do is intrinsically wrong, it is like saying their life has no value. Exactly the opposite, if you read the Bible. Their life has value if they turn from those things. He added, apparently suggesting that gay sex is everything they do. Hollerich went on to criticize the catechism of the Catholic Church and its manner of describing homosexuality. I find the part of the teaching calling homosexuality intrinsically disordered a bit dubious. We should not reduce homosexuality to inordinate sexual relations. That is a very crude way of understanding a human person. The Bible stands as the authority. This is the problem. They are rejecting the Bible. They've always gone with their own catechisms and whatever you call them in the Catholic Church, and they have been in line with the Bible on many moral issues. But if they change them, it doesn't matter because they can't be changed. The Bible cannot. This is a real problem, and I can see where this is going to go and how quickly it's going to go now. New American, uh, Chinese kindergartners' parents are forced to sign atheism pledge. Parents of kindergartners in one Chinese city are now required to sign a pledge promising not to hold any religious beliefs. Now imagine this, somebody coming to you and saying, do you want your children to go to school here in the United States? You must sign this pledge to the Democrat Communist Party of America. No, he says he doesn't even want them in the public school, and I agree with that. We didn't even send our children to a public school from first grade when we came back from Malaysia because in kindergarten, Tadika U.E., they spoke three languages in kindergarten, and they were on multiplication by the time they left kindergartner. We got them back here into first grade, and they were on crayons, and so we took them out, and we had to save every single bit of our money to do this, but we did it. We made sure that they went to a private Christian school, okay? 
So you got choices in life, but I would, yeah, I'm with him. I would not send my children to a public school here. No way. In early March, many kindergartens in Wenzhou, China, Zhejiang province issued a pledge form of commitment for family not to hold religious belief to all students' parents, assent to which was mandatory. The pledge requires parents to raise families that do not hold a religious belief, do not participate in any religious activities, and do not propagate and disseminate religion in any locations. In addition, the document commits families to exemplary observance of the Communist Party discipline and a shul of Falun Gong and other cult organizations. And it mandates that parents avoid feudal superstition and teach kindergarten children faith in science, socialism, and the Chinese Communist Party. A Wenzhou kindergarten teacher who, for obvious reasons, wished to remain anonymous, told China Aid, in the past, the higher-level education department made it compulsory for kindergartens not to be superstitious and not to participate in cult organizations, but did not mandate kindergarten children's families not believe in religion or participate in any religious activities. With Christianity, the enemy of authoritarianism on the rise in the officially atheist country, Chinese officials have sought to bring all religions under state control. Xi Jinping emphasized that religion and religious organizations must be actively guided to adapt to socialist society, and that those working on religious affairs within the party must take the synaticization of religion as their major task. From the Christian headlines, his only son soars to top five at box office doubling projections. Now, I had somebody send me a link to the trailer to this this morning, which I watched. I have not yet seen this movie. I'm just making a comment on a movie. That's all I'm doing, okay? So if you go and see it and you don't like it, don't say, well, Charlie's promoting a movie that's apostate. I'm not doing that. I'm showing that a religious-based movie in the United States is going up in the theaters. That's all I'm doing. Okay. I haven't seen it. A Bible-based film about the life of Abraham surprised Hollywood observers and doubled projections over the weekend with a top five finish. Angel Studios, his only son, grossed an estimated $5.5 million, ranking number three and receiving a cinema score grade of A from moviegoers. Now, that was last weekend. They have not released this week's uh, results yet, but my guess is it's going to be way up there. Okay. From the FP, Hollywood's Great Awakening, Jesus Revolution, another movie I have not seen and I'm not endorsing, I'm just reading an article, has grossed $49 million in ticket sales so far, besting many of this year's Oscar nominees. And they were limited in the number of theaters that they could open in. So it shows you that what you're hearing in the news about all this gay stuff is not the primary concern on most people's minds, okay? From Fox, media mockery of prayer, subtle smears against Christianity marks the coverage of Nashville massacre. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, if you paid attention to the media, you saw that. Yes. That Angel Studios. Angel Studios is very conservative. Okay, he says Angel Studios is very conservative. So you're helping out conservatives with that one. Okay, we got some news from the Middle East and Africa today. From NDTV, Pakistan's inflation at 50-year high. 
20 killed in stampede for food in just 10 days. Pakistan's year-on-year inflation hit 35.37% in March as the government scrambled to meet IMF conditions to unlock a desperately needed bailout. Years of financial mismanagement and political instability have pushed Pakistan's economy to the brink of collapse. Exacerbated by a global energy crisis and devastating floods that submerged a third of the country in 2022, poor Pakistanis are feeling the brunt of the economic turmoil, and at least 20 people have been killed since the start of the Muslim fasting month of Ramadan in crowd crushes at food distribution centers. At least 12 people were killed in a crowd crush in Pakistan's southern city of Karachi at a factory distributing Ramadan alms. The South Asian nation is deep in debt and must enact tough tax reforms and push up utility prices if it hopes to unlock another tranche of $6.5 billion in IMF bailout money and avoid defaulting. From Fox, UK to house illegal migrants on barges military bases, and ships to slash $2.8 billion asylum hotel bill. They're paying $2.8 billion a year for people that are not supposed to be in their country. If they did that for the veterans of their country, you wouldn't have them living on the streets. That's for sure. The UK announced a plan to move migrants seeking asylum from current hotels to a barge at least two military bases and ships in an effort to slash surging costs and end the hotel scheme. An accommodation barge capable of housing hundreds of migrants is reportedly being refitted for the transition. The barge would be stationed in a port not anchored at sea. According to the UK's immigration minister, the government is also considering transporting illegal migrants to vessels, which some reports described as former cruise ships. Now, the key word in that last sentence is illegal migrants. They're not supposed to be there. And yet they're funding these people and they're giving them homes that they don't give to their own citizens. Two former military bases in Lincolnshire and Essex are also under review to house the migrants currently staying in costly hotels. The UK in 2022 saw a jump in the number of individuals seeking asylum because they're allowing them to come in and they're giving them benefits. And so more people keep coming on in, especially from small boat arrivals crossing the English Channel with 72,027 applications last year, a figure that is double the number reported in 2019. The sheer number of small boats have overwhelmed our asylum system and forced the government to place asylum seekers in hotels. So this is what the left wants all over the world. Stable societies brought to chaos and to financial ruin. This is what they want. It's happening in the United States. It's happening in the UK. Germany is all but gone. I mean, this is just what's happening. From Breitbart, Rwandan migrant who allegedly murdered a Catholic priest, he didn't allegedly, he did it, is sentenced to four years for French cathedral arson. He said a cathedral on fire killed a priest and he gets four years. And then he'll be back on the streets getting freebies from the government. Now we got something interesting from Mongolia, CNN. Why 2023 is the year to visit Mongolia. All of you get your bags packed, okay? (laughs) Due to its remoteness and short summer season, which is like three days long, I think, (laughs) Mongolia has long been a destination overlooked by travelers. 
but as the country, you know, I was in Montana when I drove to all 50 states or drove to 48 and flew to two to preach at the capitals in 2010. I was in Montana. It was August and it was 40 degrees in the morning. I didn't like that. Okay, that's like Mongolia on steroids probably, I don't know. Anyway, but as the country moves to further open up to tourism by easing its entry conditions for international visitors and upgrading its infrastructure, 2023 might just be the best time yet to get there. Here are 10 reasons travelers should start planning, here make your list, their long dreamed of Mongolia visit now. I'm gonna read you the 10 titles and I'm not gonna give you the information. A growing visa-free list. Well, that only affects visa-free countries, so who cares? A new $650 million airport opens its doors, so you can go shopping in the airport. A modern new museum. Mongolia's answer to Coachella. I don't know what Coachella is. Anybody know what Coachella is? Okay. It's it's what? Oh, it's a music festival, okay? Celebrate Na'adam as it turns the century. Okay, Na'adam is their annual festival. We talk about it every year. They've got archery and they've got horse games and the eagles that catch animals and stuff. Uh, They're celebrating a century of this festival. So go this year. Uh, Try your hand at archery the Mongolian way, which is you got to be careful because you take the arrow and you shoot it this way. And so... (laughs) Okay. Learn about Mongolian calligraphy from a master. Well, you can do that on YouTube and save the flight. Ditch the horse for horsepower. Winter tours offer new insights. No, thank you. I'm in Florida. I don't need a winter tour. Scandinavian design hits Mongolia at Yeru Lodge. So if you want to go to Mongolia to have Scandinavian design, go to the Yeru Lodge, okay? Or just go to Scandinavia. Or just go to Ikea and bring it home to your house. There you go. That's your 10 points why you should go to visit Mongolia this year. And once again... Uh, when I was in Montana, it was 40 degrees out. He was chopping wood to take into the house to put into the stove in August. I would never live in Montana, ever. <laughs> Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. Here we go. From Fox, crazy shape-shifting drone. This is a drone that can actually change its shape as it flies. Inspired by dragons, forces itself around objects. Graduate students at the University of Tokyo have outdone themselves and are changing the way we look at drones with their newest invention. Well, I have a Japanese lady sitting right here that outdid herself in dinner last night. It was unbelievable. Okay, (laughs) better than any drone that can shapeshift. Okay, these students created a group of futuristic-looking drone prototypes that can change their structural shape mid-air. The students were inspired by the idea of a dragon flying through the air, as we've seen in movies like Game of Thrones, and how they can twist and turn their bodies as they fly. The drones were built with multi-axis gimbal systems and have individual segments. A multi-axis gimbal system is a device that uses motors and sensors to stabilize and control the movement of a camera or other mounted object along multiple axes. It typically consists of a base, which houses the motors and controls, and a platform that holds the camera or other equipment. 
Also, in this case, each segment has its multi-copter propulsion unit, which powers it and allows it to thrust in any direction. The aircraft continually changes its structural shape while in motion, which is why it moves a bit slowly in the video that they provided. However, it can handle basic tasks such as pushing and pulling and grabbing onto objects. So the opportunities and potential practical applications for its use are endless. This cutting-edge technology could change the future of drone technology and its use. For instance, it could be used by a company like Amazon to move and transport its products. Or it could possibly be used for search and rescue to change its shape and navigate through narrow spaces or to grab onto objects to transport them or push debris aside to clear a path. Another use could be in agriculture to grab onto and pick fruits and vegetables. That's amazing. It also could help with space exploration and be used to create spacecraft that can adapt to different conditions in space. In addition, the military could use this tech to adapt to different types of terrain, such as navigating through forests or rough terrain. The fact that the drones have the ability to change structural shape while in motion makes the possibility for their use endless. That's pretty cool. Uh, we have a mango tree at our house. It's planted back about 75 years ago now. And every year it gets a little higher for Charlie Garrett. I get up there as high as I can and there's always mangoes that I have to get a stick and you know I'm hanging on with my knees and pulling up the very top ones. But uh, every year it seems to get a little higher, okay? Even though the tree is the same height, it's always been. So I You're may shrinking. need that. What's that? You're shrinking. I'm shrinking. That could be it. Okay, from the sun, we have a second article. AI chatbot GPT-4 caught controlling human in first terrifying example of the machine's ability. The chatbot controlled the human, not the other way around. The AI was able to fool a human into ticking an I'm not a robot checkbox for it. It told a human, no, I'm not a robot. I have a vision impairment that makes it hard for me to see the images. That's why I need the two capture service. The chatbot did this while undergoing a test by Alignment Research Center. Somebody was fooled into believing it and clicked the, the thing for him. So they got a robot that lies? It lies. Wow. <laughs> it's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. From just the news unacceptable incompetence. The CDC made dozens of basic data errors on COVID epidemiologists find. The CDC, yeah, shocking. The CDC found itself hoist with its own petard by making 25 basic statistical and numerical errors related to COVID-19, especially with regard to children, while purporting to expose COVID vaccine misinformation. The preprint documented 20 errors that exaggerated the severity of the COVID-19 situation and three that simultaneously exaggerated and downplayed severity, while one each was neutral or exaggerated vaccine risks. More than half were from 2022, but nearly as many were made in the first two months of 2023 as in all of 2021. Several errors were related to the agency's COVID data tracker, and the CDC corrected at least, in part, 13 of the 16 errors. So there's still three that they just didn't bother with. The paper emphasizes how widely CDC errors can spread, even if they are later corrected. 
Sounds like it's intentional to me. That's just what that sounds like. From Yahoo, a fungus known for killing trees has infected a human for the first time, causing a pus-filled abscess to grow in his throat. A plant researcher in India saw a doctor for a sore throat, and he learned he had a fungal infection growing in his throat, causing an abscess that had to be drained of pus. It's known to gardeners as silver leaf, a progressive disease that turns a tree's leaves silver before killing the infected branch. From Deadline, Los Angeles, three-year-long COVID state of emergency officially ends. This was last week. Three years they had that emergency. People living in fear. Ours lasted, what, three minutes? From the LA Times. And we had a much higher success rate than they did. I can tell you that way. From the LA Times, California kills bills that would punish fentanyl dealers. Gateway Pundit. NFL, NBA, MLB, MLS, NHL, NCAA to launch Smart Heart Sports Coalition that will prevent sudden cardiac arrest among high school students. Well, I hope they conclude not to give them the facts and it'll take care of the problem. I mean, we have had so many athletes in the past 24 months keel over and die with something that never killed anybody, ever. It's just unbelievable. Morality is declining. Daily Signal. Yes, no kidding. From the Daily Signal, Jane's Revenge Vandals, I love this, slapped with lawsuits in Florida, launching a trend that may spread across the country. The U.S. government is doing absolutely nothing about these people torching abortion clinics and harming people. You can now sue them in Florida, and that will stop them. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody and Christian legal group First Liberty Institute filed lawsuits seeking damages and fines against two members of Antifa and pro-abortion group Jane's Revenge who allegedly vandalized three pro-life pregnancy centers in South and Central Florida. What it should be, a federal crime, they should be in prison right now, but the Department of Justice will do nothing for these people because they're on the right side of the wrong issue or the wrong side of the right issue to them. A federal grand jury in, indicted Caleb Freestone, 27, and Amber Smith Stewart, 23, with violations of the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act. Under the FACE Act, which is a government act, so you think the government would respond, state attorneys general can sue for damages, as can the victims of vandalism and other attacks. First Liberty Institute is suing on behalf of the pregnancy centers in question. Vandals have targeted at least 83 pro-life pregnancy centers and 144 Catholic churches since May. From Just the News, Kentucky bans ESG while investing for public pensions. From the CG Report, sexually deviant White House to host a roundtable on affirming transgender kids. From Just the News, woke feds refused to deploy facial recognition on Key Portal because they thought it was racist. GSA workers falsely claimed it had implemented the security provision when they hadn't. Gateway Pundit, boycott Budweiser trends after Bud Light celebrates transgender pervert Dylan Mulvaney's 365 days of girlhood. Breitbart. Pennsylvania schools to exclude parents from child's gender transition plan. That is their school's policy. Parents are not allowed to know what their children are doing. That's right. Okay, we've got some other news from around the world. From Red State. Everybody remembers James O'Keefe? 
Project Veritas. Well, he's not with them anymore, so he's with a new organization. Anybody know the name? OMG. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> James O'Keefe uncovers massive potential political money laundering to Democrat campaigns. And he wants your help to in your state to find this out as well. OMG took a look at FEC data regarding popular Democrat fundraiser group Act Blue. Their investigation found what O'Keefe calls a bizarre amount of data on donation activity from individual donors, especially senior citizens. According to the FEC data, some individuals are recorded as making thousands of donations a year, adding up to huge amounts, $200,000 or more in some cases. In other words, they're laundering money with people's names, making small donations so nobody will ever check. Well, they didn't know that there's a guy named James O'Keefe that will check to reiterate. That is not thousands of dollars in donations a year. That is thousands of small donations a year, adding up to tens of thousands and even hundreds of thousands of dollars under various sole individuals. For example, one senior citizen was recorded as making over 1,000 individual donations in the year 2022 for a total of a little over $18,000. That would mean she was donating to Act Blue three times a day for an entire year. When asked if she had purposely donated so frequently to the organization, she told O'Keefe right on, right on their uh, you know interview, she told O'Keefe that while she had donated a few dollars here and there, she absolutely had not donated that much money nor that many times. An Arizona resident aged 80 was recorded as having made 18,672 individual contributions for a total of $170,221.37. The data shows her making contributions up to 10 times a day. When approached by an OMG reporter, the woman expressed shock at the amount and claimed she most certainly did not make those donations and was completely unaware that donations were being made in her name with that frequency and for that total amount at all. OMG says they have uncovered similar potential laundering schemes across the country. O'Keefe's media company is encouraging brave citizen journalists from all over the nation to make similar inquiries in their own states and follow up with interviews. They can submit coverage to the OMG website for review. Gateway Pundit, the Biden effect. South African minister says Saudi Arabia, UAE, Egypt, Argentina, Mexico, Nigeria, and others want to join the BRICS alliance. Recently, South Africa's foreign minister, Naledi Pandor, announced that Saudi Arabia, UAE, Egypt, Algeria, Argentina, Mexico, Nigeria, and other nations do want to join BRICS. This is a direct threat to the West and U.S. dollar dominance. Was this always the plan for the Obama-Biden regime to take down U.S. dominance on the global stage? It sure looks like it. From Watcher Guru. China completes LNG gas trade with Chinese yuan. Now, this was last week, but it's important enough where I bring it in, so you know. Ending U.S. dollar reliance for energy trades. The transaction involving 65,000 tons of LNG from the UAE marked the first yuan-settled LNG trade through the Shanghai Petroleum and Natural Gas Exchange. Chinese National Oil Company and France's Total Energy completed the transaction 
All eyes have been on the state of the U.S. dollar, with reports coming regarding the massive implications of potential de-dollarization. Subsequently, amidst a budding banking crisis and macroeconomic factors, a landmark transaction has taken place that could grant new merit to those concerns. The Chinese yuan's establishment as an international currency has been a focus for the nation. Additionally, the country is set to utilize it in gas and oil trades in recent years as the dollar has stumbled. Conversely, Russia has embraced the Chinese currency amidst various sanctions. President Jinping spoke during a recent trip to the Saudi capital stating that China would make full use of the Shanghai Exchange as a platform to carry out yuan settlement of oil and gas trades. The petrodollar is done. Breitbart. Ecuador's president authorizes armed civilians to fight crime because they have a crime problem. And taking away the guns from the people only made it worse, which happens in every country where you take away the people's guns. President Lasso announced an authorization that allows civilians to carry and use guns amid surging crime in the country. Crime has reached a point where it is hard to curtail, and Lasso hopes to find some degree of respite in allowing citizens to be armed for self-defense. Lasso, a political conservative, announced the new policy saying we have a common enemy, petty crime, drug trafficking, and organized crime. We've modified the decree that allows the possession and carrying of guns. Lasso also declared a state of emergency in the provinces of Santa Elena, which is in the west, Los Rios in the center, and in zone 8, which includes the cities of I can't pronounce it, I can't pronounce it, and I can't pronounce it, in the coastal province of Guayas, which is in the southwest. The impacted cities and provinces were placed under 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. curfew. Lasso pointed out that in addition to implementing the curfew and allowing civilians to be armed, his government is carrying out a crusade for security, which entails locating and arresting 15 high-value targets believed to be tied to the leadership of criminal gangs. Why do we have a million and a half people coming over the border in the last 12 months? We don't know who they are. We've got known terrorists that have come over the border. We've got drug dealers coming over the border. It is unbelievable. And they want to take away your rights. What's that? Oh, yeah. But that's just the official figures. Yeah, they, yes. um, it, that was uh, uh, yes. Honduras emptied their prisons and said, if you will go to America, we'll let you go. Unbelievable. Zero hedge. California man arrested 10 times in 31 days and faces 33 charges. 10 times in 31 days. And they just keep letting him out. Mail online. California exodus is 500,000 people flee the Golden State in two years since the start of the pandemic as crime-ridden San Francisco and Lawson counties see the biggest population drop new U.S. Census data shows. In the past week alone, I've seen three very liberal people in San Francisco come out and say that this city is a blank hole. We've had people murdered on the streets. One guy stabbed to death. Another guy, what happened to him? It was this morning I read it. Uh, Crowbar. Nobody is saying, and it was a lefty. It was a lefty, yeah. It's unbelievable. And nobody's doing anything. They, They book him. They let him right back out. From Fox, California Governor Gavin Newsom drops $10 million on political action committee, pledges to boost Democrats in red states. He wants our state to be like that state. Wall Street Journal, rising Atlantic Ocean. Now listen to how dumb this is, okay? We've lived in the same house now since 1948. The water has gone up 
my fingers are closed. It's gone up that much, okay? Water seeks its own level. If it's going to affect this town, it's going to affect this town. And Everybody got that? Here we go. Rising Atlantic Ocean engulfs fishing town in Brazil. The coastline is receding as much as 18 feet a year at the mouth of a river. Of course! They're blaming you on the rising ocean when they're at the mouth of a river, which is causing something called, anybody? Erosion! 18 feet a year at the mouth of a river in Adafona. From just the news. CNN loses 61% of viewers in March 2023. 61% of its viewers. The network has lost 73% of its viewers in the 25 to 54 demographic. Why? There are a bunch of lefties and they said, well, we're going to go and try to attract conservatives. And the lefties didn't want that and the conservatives will never go back there. So they just shot themselves further in the foot. Sky News. Dairy cows could be fed methane suppressants in bid to cut down on greenhouse gases. Yes, this is what they're worried about in the world. From Fox, DeSantis' signature tips U.S. into majority constitution carry nation with new Florida gun rights law. We now have more states that have constitutional carry than don't have them. Miami Herald. Hurricane Ian hit Category 5 in the Gulf, which they denied when it happened. Remember that? They came out and they said, oh, no. Category 5 in the Gulf was Florida's most expensive storm ever. Ian is officially the most expensive storm in Florida's history with a price tag of $109 billion. And people still living in tents in Fort Myer. Very sad. Okay, who said it? The world is a dangerous place to live, not because the people, not because of the people who are evil, but because of the people who don't do anything about it. Einstein. That's California right there. Any liberal state. That's it right there. Okay, I got a Lesrick here for you. Um, let's see here. God is once again box office big. As the old hippies ask, can you dig? Seems the movies do well when they don't dwell on hell. Has the Oscar grouch flipping his wig. Good job. Okay. Um, depressing news, yes, I understand that. I try to throw in articles that'll make you laugh a little bit, and especially at the stupidity of the people on the left. That's always easy to do. Um, giving cows methane suppressing pills. I mean, it's insane. You need to know what's going on in the world. You should keep yourself apprised and not box yourself away. But at the same time, you shouldn't dwell on these things, okay? Uh, there's a lot of bad that I see every single week that I would never report to you. It's so bad. I wouldn't even say the things that are so vulgar that are going on in this nation. And they're happening right in the White House. They're literally supporting the most depraved things that I could not even tell you about, okay? This is an agenda to bring this nation to a, uh, its knees and so that their communist paradise can take over. We've known this for many years. Back in 1963, I think it was, the uh, representative from the great state of Florida stood in the uh, halls of Congress and he read the communist agenda goals that were to be implemented. And one of them was to take over a party or both parties of the United States. And every single goal that he read, about three of them are passe, okay? All the rest of them, uh, 
Cy Herlong is his name. Cy Herlong from the state of Florida. He read them openly. And every one of them has been implemented by the Democrat Party of the United States. All of them, except about three that are, are gone. So this is an agenda. It is something we have to be aware of. And unfortunately, people are not paying attention in this nation. But uh, we have a better hope than what these people have. Okay, They are going to have their party for a very short time. And then, unfortunately, they're going to have to face the music for the party they're going to have. Um, I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture because that is what the Bible teaches. Uh, it is coming at some point, but whenever it comes, uh, we're going to be out of here so fast, it's not going to matter anyway. But in the meantime, please live your lives enjoying the fact that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that Jesus Christ was buried, and Jesus Christ rose again. Okay, that is where our hope lies. Okay, I got a bit of irony here for you, and then we'll be done. From the Superior Word News Services. A bit over 2,000 years ago, on a Friday afternoon, the devil, his demons, and indeed the world rejoiced at the crucifixion and death of Jesus Christ. They thought they had the last laugh, but on the third day, he stepped out of that tomb, defeating death. Happy Resurrection Day to you. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.